Hey, welcome to the No Decaf Podcast with your host and tech startup owner, Adam Araujo. No Decaf is about the journey that non-technical and technical founders face, the issues that they encounter along the way, and how to avoid or fix them. So go grab some No Decaf and welcome to the show. All right. What is going on, everyone out there in uh, podcast land? Let me move this down a little bit. There we go. There there we go. All right. So welcome to another episode of the No Decaf Podcast. So today we're going to go over the, the question that I had when I first got started building out my, my product, my software. And what it was is, do I really need a, is, is having a technical co-founder needed when you build a, an app or software? And to be honest with you, I think it really just depends. I think it depends on a number of different things and how you do it. Like myself, a, a, again, in the, in the first episode, I have no idea how to code, right? Uh, I have absolutely zero idea. Um, I tried to do, I tried to do a Python beginner's class and I about wanted to throw my computer through the wall. So, you know, make the doc, but make the duck walk three steps to the left and then three steps to the right. Like that's, that's about how far I went. And I honestly, I was, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do this right by myself. And it really got me thinking, well, you know, do I bring on a technical co-founder? And if I bring on a technical co-founder, they want, you know, 50% equity. And, and again, I, that's why I recommend, you know, people reading the book, Slicing Pie and uh, Venture Deals uh, by Brad Feld. And uh, that, that really put things into perspective, especially from an equity standpoint, right? And I also mentioned that Steve Jobs, he only owned, I believe, like 13% of Apple. So it really goes, it really comes down to how do you plan on doing this? And you really got to think about this, right? Because this is going to dictate a lot of things that are going to happen. Are, do you plan on getting funding? Do you plan on bootstrapping? Do you plan on getting an investor? Um, and if you plan on getting an investor, how's that whole thing going to work? Are they going to have voting rights? Are they not going to have voting rights? Um, all the different types of equity, right? Are you going to put a, clause in there to say that, hey, I'm going to give you X amount of equity in return uh, for, you know, helping me build the the company and the product, but it's going to be, you know, drawn out over the course of three to five years, right? Um, which I would recommend you putting yourself on that as well, along anyone else in your company, right? And and the reason being is because if you do plan on get going the investment route, that is going to, everything goes into effect. It's it's not as easy as you going to someone. Um, well, I guess it is <laughs> in, in some cases, right? It's not, there, there's two different ways of thinking about this. Either you know someone who has a lot of money and you go and pitch them your idea and maybe they give you money, right? And you go over a very simple like terms and conditions and say, hey, this is how it's going to be. And, and then once you do that, then, you know, obviously you could kind of go from there. But you know, the other, the other issue is, is that if you bring on a co-founder and you go say, Hey, look, I'll split it with you 50, 50, you know, that's not, that's not the good way. It's not a way of going about doing it, right? You don't, you definitely don't want to do it that way. So when, when you're thinking of is having a co technical co-founder necessary, is it needed? 
you want to think about the few, the next few things, right? So do you need them to build your MVP, your minimum viable product? Do you need them to build that out for you? And if you don't know how to code, you probably do need someone to build it out, but uh, you should have a very good idea, especially uh, you know going back to the first episode. And you should have a very good idea of what your product market fit is and um, you, you've interviewed your your few clients or a few you know potential clients at that point, and you know what direction you're going. Like for example, I did mine, and, and I have a very uh, you know limited um, you know experience in getting a technical co-founder because I don't have one. Right? I I went a different route. I went the accelerator route, and I I feel that it was a the best way to go. From an equity standpoint, I also feel it was a it was a good way of going, in the sense of learning a lot too. And and what I mean by that is, when when you go and you get someone who's a technical co-founder, and you know they just say, hey look you deal with this and you only deal with this and I'll deal with this and only deal with this, and, and it's it's like you know the the uh, responsibilities are split in those two different sectors. And and when you're the owner or the CEO or co-founder, you got to deal and, and, and worry about a lot of other different things other than, you know, just building out the software, build it and they will come. That doesn't really make it. It doesn't happen. Right. And, and I want to talk a little bit more about that as well. Um, you know, at the end, as far as like an infrastructure and how that works. But, you know, I, in my opinion, do you need a technical co-founder? It depends on the, the, this level of where you're at, right? Do you need a technical co- technical co-founder, or do you need a chief technology officer? And if you if you have or you are wanting to bring one on, can you pay them? Right? And there's there's a lot that goes into that as well. Is there equity that goes into that? How much equity? Uh, what type of equity are they getting? Um, if you want to just build out your MVP, your minimum viable product, I recommend. And, you, and you're not a technical person, you you do not know how to code. I recommend that you go the accelerator route, right? There's a number of, of different ones that are on there. And if you want to know which one that I went to, just feel free to, to shoot me a message or um, reach out to me on Facebook or um, shoot me a message on the No Decaf uh, Facebook. And, and I would do your due diligence. I would definitely go and interview a few different ones and say, hey, you know, what, what, what do you offer, right? What are some things that set you apart from the other accelerators? Because what ends up happening is, is you kind of, you get so excited about building it and they start telling you all these different things and, 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 and you get so caught up in the moment that you don't really, it's almost like making your first hire in, in, in your company as well. You just get so excited that someone's excited to work along the same project that you're so passionate about. And, 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 and you, and you don't really understand that no one's going to be as invested in the company as you are. So now, now you're stuck with, um, and, and I say stuck, but, but I mean, now, now you, now your only option is the only option that you ended up going with, right? So you didn't really give it the other, the other accelerators a chance. Cause there's a number of them out there that'll give you a lot of help, a lot of support and, and, and so on. And so, and I just, I just happened to, to luck out and have a great development team that the accelerator provided to me. And I had a really good experience. I learned a lot from them, which is kind of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast because I I found out things that I had no idea. And, and again, we're going to be going over them in different segments, but 
um, not, not to kind of stay on one topic, but, but essentially, you know, there are limitations to not having a technical co-founder, right? You don't know what questions to ask. You don't know, um, you don't really know exactly what's going on and what, what, uh, I guess sections of the software, this different sprints is what they call them, right? Different, different parts of, cause they build it out in different parts. They call it sprints. So, you know, you don't really know exactly what's going on unless you do have a project manager in the accelerator, which I did, which is a really great resource. I mean, she was awesome. And and you don't really know what to ask. You're just kind of like, dude, as long as it looks good, <laughs> as long as, as long as this button's over here, the way I envision this button to be over here, I'm, I'm happy, right? But there's a lot of things that go into that as well. So, so there are limitations to not having that technical knowledge, not having that, uh, that know-how of saying, Hey, like this looks good, but is there going to be an issue with this later on down the road? Because this connects to this, which connects to this, which connects to this. And we want to be able to scale this platform. Is this code even scalable? You know, what, what are you building it on? What language are you building it on? And you start having those different types of conversations and, and you really want to know what that is. Because for example, if, you know, I found this out, you know, Twitter bootstrap is a way that you can build, build an app, right? And that's not a very scalable platform to build an app. I mean, it's very limited in what you can do. Do I know why it's limited? No, I don't. I just know from asking other people who are in the tech space who know more about the tech than I do. And, and I ask them questions. And, and I tell them, you know, I'm, and I'm very forthcoming with everything too. Like, I don't make anyone sign an NDA. Because at the end of the day, people have their own ideas. People are going to do what they want to do. If they want to take your idea and they execute better, then guess what? It probably wasn't the right right place for you to be and wasn't the right company or right product, right service, right anything. Uh, just because execution is what really matters, right? You can have the best product in the world. Like look at Salesforce, you know? I'm not a fan of Salesforce. I absolutely despise it. I think it's one of the worst looking CRMs I think I've ever seen. I've seen a couple of really bad ones, but they execute extremely well. And in fact, the book Predictable Revenue by Aaron Ross uh, really goes into how they execute. And, uh, and I'm going to go into that a little bit later as well. But you again, to get started, do you need a technical co-founder to get started? I don't think so. I don't think you do need a technical co-founder to get started because there's so many resources out there that you can use to your, your, your advantage and you'll be in a lot better position as far as a negotiated a negotiation standpoint from an equity perspective, you'll be in a lot better position if you have all that stuff taken care of before than not having anything. Right. And that goes for investors. And that also goes for anyone that you bring on to the, um, executive suite, right? Whether it be a CFO, CTO, um, technical, uh, you know, a co-founder that has technical experience, right? So you're going to be in a lot better position at that at that at that level once you get the MVP set up and you have the product market fit and you have all the other stuff that we're going in before. You can always hire a technical co-founder later. Do you even? And so I always thought that you know, technical co-founders fall into like a very black and white uh, binary sort of fit, right? So what I mean by that is, you know, they do this, they do this, they do this. But in fact, you know, they really don't do everything that you probably think that they do. A lot of times they have a project manager that falls into that category that does it, which 
In fact, they, they need less equity, they need less pay, and they pretty much do everything that you need them to do. So I would then go and kind of look at like, okay, well, as far as, as, far as a, a development team goes, wh- who is involved in a development team? You have the front end, the back end, uh, you have the project manager, and you have a CTO, right? And what are all of the roles of those people? And which one do I need at the moment? And does my, if you go the accelerator route or the incubator route, do they provide everything that, that I need? And do I need to bring anyone additional on? So those are questions that you got to ask yourself and really think about, you know, hey, is this the right decision that I'm making? And, and going into like the, the decision, like you know, building an infrastructure for this, the, the biggest thing that ties into all of this is execution, right? And I think I've said it a couple times and I'm going to keep saying it, <laughs> but you have to execute. You can have, again, the best software product in the entire world, but if no one knows about it, if no one buys it, you really don't, you don't have anything, right? It's just an expensive piece of research that someone did and, and now you have it, right? Now it's on the app store or something like that. And so I, I recommend reading two books uh, that, I've, that I actually recently just started reading. Um, I finished one and I'm almost done with the other. The first one that I read was Predictable Revenue by Aaron Ross. And he was, this is right when Salesforce uh, got, got going a little bit. And he was in charge of building out a new way of marketing, a new way of getting people to say, hey, um, I'm interested in doing this. Uh, you know, I don't have the budget to do this, but do I have Salesforce's uh, permission to do this? And they said, yes, here, you know, take anything that you need. You're essentially going to work as an entrepreneur. We want you to build a sales process and a Salesforce, no pun intended, that, that really brings in ROI. And I recommend reading that because it goes into the, uh, it, it goes into like the details of it, right? Like there's a lot of books that have fluff. That book definitely doesn't have a lot of fluff. But the one that I would recommend reading before that is the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge. And that's R-O-B-U-R-G-E. And the reason why I say that is because it goes into how to hire these people. And I think that goes into a lot of, do you need a technical co-founder? And what, and what, what exactly do they do? Are they a right fit? And I think if you find what your right fit is, and then you go into the hiring process, you're going to have a lot better idea who you're looking for. Because they go into a, a way that the way that they hire essentially is they have a weighted um, process, right? For example, if, if, you, uh, if you're six foot tall, then that has a weight scale of four, right? If you're super smart, that has a weight scale of 100. And so it just, it, and basically it, it's not that specific. I don't want to go into too much detail with it because everyone's different, but essentially it helps you set up a scale of how to hire these people. And then once you hire these people, predictable revenue by Aaron Ross will actually go in and tell you how to set it all up and structure it. Right. So that way you can start to build that infrastructure. And again, you can hire that technical co-founder or that uh, CTO or that project manager that you need to kind of, you know, fine tune all of the, uh, the technical aspects on the back end. 
So that's it. That's all I got for you today. Hopefully this helped. In the next episode, we're going to be going over um, your target market. We're going to be going over how, how can you choose your target market? How do you go about attacking it? We're going to go into probably a little bit more detail into the sales acceleration formula or predictable revenue and maybe a couple of others and, and kind of stream together or put together a way for you to be um, a little bit more successful as far as selling it and getting your pipeline full. So that way you can always have something in the pipeline to call, sell the deal and, and, you know, get more revenue going into your SaaS business or your software product. But um, other than that, I hope everyone has a, a great day, uh, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this, mowing the grass, drinking some coffee, which by the way, I, I this is no decaf podcast and you never see me drinking coffee, but I promise you, I have my cup of non-decaf right here. It's like the second cup today. But anyway, hope you'll have a, uh, a great, great weekend, morning, night. See ya. You've been listening to the No Decaf Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.